you can hear me, wave at me. All right, good. You guys look great. Turn to your neighbor and say, you look good tonight. Accentuate good. Let me, um, let me take care of a, just a couple things real quick, and, and I don't want these to be just side items today. Um, first of all, I just want to thank you, um, Pastor, for allowing me the opportunity to speak to a place that uh, Tanya and I will never forget uh, as long as we live. I learned about the power of the Holy Spirit. I learned about Jesus. I learned about water baptism because that was the tank that I was baptized in. I answered a call to ministry in this altar, got saved in that aisle, uh, taught junior high Sunday school class back there, was a youth leader back there, preached back there, preached up here. Uh, this is where I learned what the call of God was all about. And, and so this place is very special to us. Those of you who don't know me, just don't worry about it. It's okay. Um, Pastor, it, it is not, uh, I don't take this lightly tonight. And I want, to know, I want you to know how much I appreciate this. And the fact that um, I get an opportunity to follow Dr. Brassfield, who was just in Shreveport. And, um, and from what I hear, Alicia, through the power of the Holy Spirit, tore the house down last night. So um, so I'm not going to tell you to expect more or less. I'm just going to tell you that this thing is not about personalities. It's about the power of the Holy Spirit, and that's what this whole thing is about. Um, I do want to thank uh, two very, very special people that have come with us tonight, Matt and Jenny Marino, our associate pastors, worship leaders, everything pretty much is their job description. And uh, it, it is such an honor to have them with us. Uh, we love these two. They've been with us for six and a half years now, and they didn't have to be. And uh, I think it's important that they that they hear that I tell that to somebody other than just our church, how much we appreciate them and love them. And uh, so, amen. And, um, and not to put them last, but, you know, just how proud I am of Joe and Ann and the family and their household and what God has put on their life and how proud I am of where they're at and, uh, and to, uh, uh, I'm not going to cry, but my mom, so... There it is. All right. You guys good? All right. Now that we're through all that, I know we've prayed and worshiped, but I'm just going to ask you guys to pray for me right now. Is that okay? Uh, so Holy Spirit, we're just asking you right now to lead and guide, and I humble myself before you, Lord. I humble myself before your word. I humble myself before these people right now. And God, I thank you that you love us so much that you gave a specific word for a specific moment for a specific season. Lord, not just another event, but to start a movement. Lord, we're about to walk into a reformation, a reformation moment like the 95 thesis nailed to the door. Lord, we're walking into a place of reformation that's going to change the way the American church thinks about the kingdom of God. And so, Lord, we do not take this lightly tonight. And Lord, we're not here to be entertained, but we need a word from heaven tonight. And so we're not just here saying, give me Lord Jesus, we're here to say, Lord, what can I give of myself to you? And so, Lord, we do that, and we do it humbly in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. All right, since we're talking about the Holy Spirit, tonight I, I want to talk to you for a few moments about the power to know. Everybody say no. no. The power to know. 
Normally in our settings, when you talk about the Holy Spirit, it's all about the power to do. It's about what you can do. It's about what you can do, and it's about what you can do. It's about you, you receive something, then you do. You receive, you do, you receive, you do. And sometimes we have relegated the Holy Spirit not as him, but it. Sometimes our terminology skews our theology. We say send it on down. Right? And what are we talking about? The song says Holy Ghost, right? Well, the Holy Spirit is not it or an entity. The Holy Spirit is him, the third person of the Godhead. The Holy Spirit is not one of the gifts of the Spirit. Those are gifts of the Spirit, of him. God loves us so much, he didn't just give us a gift, and he didn't just give us a feeling or an experience or an encounter. He gave us himself. And we can have the fullness of the Spirit of God that raised Christ from the dead in us. Now, when you wake up in the morning and you look in the mirror, it blows your mind that God would choose this. How many of you know what I'm talking about? We can look at all the things that are wrong with us and we say, God, why would you choose this to allow the fullness of your Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead to be in me? And God did it for a purpose. God did it not to glorify us, but if he can use us in the fullness of his Holy Spirit, it is glorifying not us, but him. So that he can use us as imperfect human beings to do the work of God and to speak a word that we have no knowledge of. So tonight, I don't necessarily want to talk to you about the power to do. I want to talk to you about the power to know. Because ultimately, the Holy Spirit, not just being God, but he empowers us by the creator of the heavens and earth to know things. The word of God affirms the Holy Spirit as the spirit of God with at least 40 different titles and 27 different personality attributes. Things don't have personality attributes. People do. Amen? So we're not talking about an it tonight. We're talking about a person. And he wants to be personal with you tonight. And he doesn't want to just talk to you. He wants to show you some things. God just doesn't want you to hear, but God wants you to see some things. He wants you to know some things. Because when you know some things of the Holy Spirit and you speak those things, it's not human wisdom. It's not human intellect. It's not your theology degrees. It's not your Bible study. But it could only have come from the Lord. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, let's turn there. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 1. Normally when we read this, we want to get to those power doing gifts. But there's a reason why Paul starts with the first two. Because the Corinthians had already had an issue with human philosophy and human wisdom. Human knowing. He had already rebuked them in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 for relying on human wisdom and human knowing rather than the Spirit of God. And so he comes back and he says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. What is he saying? Spiritual gifts aren't gone. I don't want you to be ignorant of the fullness of what the Holy Spirit has for your life. That God has given us the gifts of the Spirit and he does not want us to be ignorant. He does not want us to think that these, these gifts of his Holy Spirit are just for a select few because they have learned more or because they've done more or because they're smarter. That God says that we may all prophesy. God said that the fullness of his Holy Spirit is for all of us, not just those that look like. Paul said, I didn't come to you with, with, with human words, man's wisdom. I didn't come to you with that. But I come to you in demonstration of power of the Holy Spirit. 
He said, I didn't, I didn't want to entice you with my knowledge, my human intellect, but I came to you in power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost so you would know it was God, not me. So in 1 Corinthians, he says, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols. However, you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. No one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gift, but the same Spirit. Differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit, that's which comes out of the Spirit, is given to each one. For the profit of all. Each one, not just the elite, not just the pastors, not just the apostles, not just the prophets, but to each one, he says. For to one, and listen to how he starts. For to one is given, what is it? The word of wisdom. What is wisdom? Knowledge. It has to do with knowledge. A knowing, a supernatural gift of wisdom that you know something that you could not have learned on your own. And then he says, to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, what is the second one? The word of knowledge. And then, of course, he goes on to the exciting ones. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, working of miracles. To another, prophecy. And then he says, to another, discerning of spirits. A knowing of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills, not as we will. Right. Not as we believe we're naturally gifted, but as he wills. And so he says that I want to start this off by saying it's not tongues and it's not prophecy and it's not this, but we're going to start with wisdom because I know you got an issue with wisdom. I'm going to start with knowledge because I know you have a problem listening to human philosophy and listening to that more than you are what the Spirit of God is saying to you. And so he says wisdom and knowledge, which, which wisdom in the, in the Greek would have been Sophia and the knowledge would have been kenosis. And it was familiar words to the Corinthian church. He wasn't speaking foreign words to them. Paul didn't just throw things out there, but he had a purpose behind every word that he spoke just like Jesus did. God doesn't doesn't just shoot something out there. He's got a purpose in everything that he wants to show you so that you can see what God is saying. You good? Everybody good? And so when we look in the Gospels at, okay, what is the foreknowledge of what the Holy Spirit is going to be? What, what does Jesus say? What does, the, what does the Gospels, what clues do we get in the Gospels of what the Holy Spirit is going to be? Because we think these people show up in Acts and they know exactly what the Holy Spirit is going to do. They have no idea. Jesus didn't say you're all going to be in a room for this many days and then my power is going to come upon you and you're going to speak in tongues and Peter, you were silent before and deny me before, but you're going to scream at everybody that they crucified me. And then you're going to baptize people all day long in Jerusalem. He didn't tell them that. But he gave them some clues of what the Holy Spirit would be in in their life. And the clues that are given to us in the gospel say very little about what he's going to do, but say more about what they're going to know through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so in John, when we look at John 14, 25, he says this, These things I have spoken to you while being present with you, the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. It's about knowledge. It's about knowing. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance the things that I said to you. I will remind you of the knowledge that I gave you. 
He's not talking about the power gifts. He's not talking about the doing. He's talking about wisdom and knowledge. You will know things that you couldn't know without the Holy Spirit. In Luke chapter 12, and I've got several scriptures. You guys good with that? I'm not a pull three words out of the scripture and try to make it into something that's not. Okay, everybody okay? okay with that? All right, Luke chapter 12, verse 11. Now, when they bring you to the synagogues and magistrates and authorities, do not worry about how or what you should answer or what you should say. Why? For the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you shall say. Knowledge, wisdom, that the Holy Spirit, it's not necessarily just what you're going to be able to do, but it's going to be about what you're going to know to do. Sometimes we do a lot of doing without knowing, and we're, we're disappointed by the results. We're like, God gave me a word about this, but you didn't wait for the knowing. Just because you're stepping out on faith doesn't mean that God doesn't give you some clues. (laughs) He doesn't show you the whole path because you try to be the Holy Spirit for yourself. So sometimes he just says, there's a step. I can remember we were on the Sea of Galilee and I'm I'm standing on the boat, you know, and we're going across the Sea of Galilee and this is just the way my mind works. We're on the Sea of Galilee, and I'm walking across the boat, and, you know, everybody's doing the tourist thing, and I'm walking around the boat, and I go to the edge where, the, where, the, where you could step out, and I'm standing there, and I'm going, oh, Lord, if you would just speak to me to come right now. <laughs> and I'm standing there like this. I mean, I'm literally standing there like this. Because I am so ignorant to believe that if God said, come, I could stand out on that water and walk across that sea. Why? Because I know I could do it? No, because the Holy Spirit would let me know that I could do it. See, you better know before you do that. Does everybody know what I'm talking about? See, we're so busy about the doing and we're so disappointed in the results because we never took time to look at the Holy Spirit as wisdom and knowledge more than just the power gifts. In Acts chapter 7, verse 55, it says that Stephen was filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, he is dying. He's being stoned. But it makes a point to say that he is filled with who? The Holy Spirit. He is filled with the Holy Spirit. And what happens as he is filled with the Holy Spirit? He looks up. He has a knowledge. And he sees Jesus. There is a knowing. And it gives him a vision. He is seeing what God is saying to him. It's not about the doing for Stephen in that moment because there's nothing to do. He's dying. But because he's filled with the Holy Spirit and he knows, the Bible says he simply falls asleep. In Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13 verse 2. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said... Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them to. Knowledge. It's these two people. Don't lay your hands on anybody else. You call these two out. There was a knowing before Barnabas and Saul could go out and do. We become so consumed with the doing that I think sometimes we're only getting 50% of the results or 75% of the results because we don't wait for the knowing. God wants to show you something. 
God wants to restore visions in you, not just vision. I'm not talking about, okay, as a church leader or a volunteer or whatever it is, okay, it's this step and this step and this step. Write it down, make it plain, shoot it out to everybody. Everybody's going to go for it. I'm talking about visions. I'm talking about open visions that the Holy Spirit will show you stuff while you're looking at everything in the natural. He will show you stuff in the spiritual so then you can know what to do in the natural. The Holy Spirit is not done giving you visions. He didn't come to 2015 and go, hey, it's pretty horrible out there. I think I'll stop talking to everybody. He's still waking people up in the middle of the night and giving them dreams that they don't understand. If you're getting dreams from God, you need to write it down whether you understand it or not because he will put it together like a puzzle and one day you will open it up and go, I see it. Then you will know what to do. Some of you haven't done what God had foreordained for you to do because you didn't take time to know before the doing. Is this helping anybody? All right. Acts chapter 16, verse 6. Now, when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. Now, this will blow people's theology. They are filled with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit forbids them to do what? Sin? No. Forbids them to preach the gospel. If they go and preach the gospel without the knowing, it'll be disastrous for what God has planned. But the Holy Spirit, before he speaks to them about the doing, he gives them wisdom and knowledge and a knowing not to do. Some of us have done some things that the Holy Spirit was trying to get us to have wisdom and knowledge not to do, but we did it anyway because we didn't wait for the knowing because we were so excited about the doing. Amen? Helping anybody? Okay. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the what? Knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling. That you would know your calling. He wasn't talking about the doing. He was talking about the knowing. And he says, not only the hope of your calling, but what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places. It's about the knowing. It was all about the knowing, wisdom and knowledge. He said in verse 10 of 1 Corinthians about the discerning of spirit. Discerning of spirits, which means to not only discern, but to distinguish. To be able to figure out, to distinguish what is and what is not. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I think this may be my last scripture. I don't want you to say at the school, the summer school of the Holy Spirit, that you came and nobody gave you the word. It was just a bunch of fluff and excited you and made you feel good, but you weren't left with anything. 
I want you to be excited and I want you to be filled, but I want you to leave with a deposit that's been put in you, okay? Is that good? Because the word I'm giving you, you don't need to leave this to the side. You need to work. Everybody say work. You need to work this word. Sometimes we don't need any more sermons. We can get 10 million on a podcast and we've not even done anything with the 1,000 we've already heard. You need to work the word that God has given you. Work the word. Don't just hear it. Work the word. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit, for the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of man except the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except what? The spirit of God. Now we have received, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. You can't know it without the Holy Spirit because it's spiritually discerned, not naturally discerned. Discerning of spirits. The moment you say discerning of spirits, immediately people are like, yes, casting out demons. I'm all in. Have you ever done that before? If you haven't and you say you're all in, you need to get some wisdom. You need to get some wisdom. I mean, we've dealt with people that have contorted their bodies and done things, and I had one guy that was chewing my Bible in half. Eating the Word. And you know what we did? We were so young and foolish. We started jamming it in his mouth. We said, eat the Word. Eat it. Eat it. Get the Word in you. He ate about five pages, I think. Every devil that was in him got cast out that night. But you better know something before you start doing that because if you don't know something, you're going to open a door to your own life. Amen? Discerning is a God-given ability to discern the source of a spiritual manifestation. Holy Spirit, evil spirit, human spirit. If it's an evil spirit, you don't hold a conversation. You cast it out. If it's a human spirit, you teach and you walk through and you counsel. If it's the Spirit of God, you listen and do. Some of you are rebuking a human spirit and you're tearing people apart. Ignorance is not demonic. It's stupid, but it's not demonic. Right? But we're looking at people who are functioning in their human spirit and some of them just don't know and we're rebuking all kinds of stuff and we never get an opportunity to really minister the gospel to them because they have shut us off because we're rebuking something that's not there to rebuke. But then sometimes we're holding a conversation with an evil spirit thinking it's a human spirit. And we open a door and all of a sudden gossip is in our ear and all of a sudden lies come out of our mouth because we have dealt with an evil spirit like a human spirit because we didn't take the time. We were ready to do. We're quoting Acts 1.8. I've been endued with power to do. But everything that he said in the Gospels up to that point was about how the Holy Spirit would show you things so you could know, 
so that when you do, it will be done in its fullness. Amen? It's for judging the spirit behind the manifestation, not the person. Discerning the spirits is not relegated to demonic spirit. It also gives us the ability to, to sense angelic visitation. It gives us the ability to have visions of Jesus. You have a discerning of spirits. Then you know all of a sudden something in the room has changed. For Stephen, there was a discerning of spirits. And because of that, he discerned, you know what? This is a holy moment and he saw Jesus. John's on the Isle of Patmos ready to give up. It's over. It's done. Everybody else is dead. I'm just going to be here all alone and die an old man. And Jesus comes to him. Why? Discernment of the spirits. Jesus comes to him and says, look, I'm about to show you something that's going to blow your mind, bud. You're not checking out of here yet. And when I give it to you, guess what? You're not going to get to do any of it. Just write it down. Just write it down. Discernment gives us the ability to see through the outward, to see the root or the nature of the situation. Seducing or lying spirits are responsible for doctrines of devils and heresy in churches Paul spoke about. Discernment can see the enemy's plan and unmask the demonic miracle workers or demonically influenced prayers or advice. Whew. We need to correctly discern spirits influencing ourselves and our families as well as other believers. Just because somebody comes to you and gives you a good word of advice doesn't mean it's a word from the Lord. I mean, I can go to Jojo and I can pray over him and I can be like, oh man, I see da 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 and not see any of it, but just it be because I know him. That's why sometimes a church can't receive a true prophetic word from their pastor because they think that he knows something. And they miss sometimes the true prophetic word because they can't receive it from their pastor. They can't, they can't receive the prophetic or the apostolic from their pastor because they believe he knows something. And unlike sometimes, like, like Lee said earlier, he said, you know, we all have a heart for the house and, and you should be willing to listen to it. But sometimes we get in a mode where we would rather hear from a stranger somewhere that doesn't know us more than somebody who does know us. Because the moment people that we know get up here and start preaching, we know their imperfections. Somebody can fly in town and get up here and be full of sin and the devil and you not discern it and think it was the greatest word they ever got for you and three weeks ago your pastor preached the same word and you wouldn't receive it come on somebody hey I didn't come here to tickle or any of that I came here to give you the word of God I'm not backward all right everybody got that I, I didn't I didn't come here to I came here to give you the word of the Lord and I promise you if you get this word God's going to show you some things tonight when you come back tomorrow night and you need to come back tomorrow night, not because I'm here, but because the Holy Spirit is here, and he's got another something to give you, and tomorrow night might be the doing from the knowing. So tonight is like the plowing, and then maybe tomorrow night we got the harvest time. It's time to do, all right? I'm not saying that's what I'm going to say. I'm just saying. <laughs> now let me just give you something straight from my heart. God is speaking clearly through dreams and visions. God is speaking clearly through dream, dreams and visions. Matt, would you guys come up? In Habakkuk, we tend to quote the third verse of Habakkuk before reading one and two. 
of Habakkuk chapter 2. Write the vision down, make it plain. Man, you've heard sermon series on that. Every time somebody's got a vision about something, they put that out there. It's probably monogrammed on pillows or you probably got it crocheted somewhere. But Habakkuk says something very interesting in the first part of that chapter. He says, I will stand on the rampart. I will stand on the mountain and I will see what the Lord will say. He doesn't say I will hear what the Lord will say. He says, I will see what the Lord will say. And then he says, write the vision, make it plain. What's he saying? God showed me something and gave me knowledge that I could not have without him. And I need to write it down and make it plain. And then he gives us this great promise that even though we write it down, it doesn't mean it's going to happen tomorrow because it may be yet for an appointed time. Some of you have given up on something that was yet for an appointed time and that appointed time has not come yet. Some of you need to open up your, your journals once again and be reminded of the knowledge and the wisdom God gave you, but you've given up on it. And I'm here to tell you tonight, get up. Open those pages again. Because now you're not just going to hear what God is saying, but you're going to see what he's going to say. God is speaking clearly through dreams and visions. God is raising up new leaders in this next movement. We don't need an event. We need a movement. God is awakening Samuels in the house of Eli. God is awakening a generation that's surrounded by corruption and ungodliness and unrighteousness, but Samuel never compromised. Young people, you can say, oh, the world is worse in 2015 than it was ever. Samuel was raised in a corrupt, sinful priesthood in the church, and he never compromised. And because he never compromised, God awakened him one night. Get up, Samuel. Get up, Samuel. And where did Samuel go? Man, what a great lesson about authority. He didn't go to Eli and go, Eli, you don't know anything. You've been sinful. He goes to Eli, the one who raised him up in the house. And he says, yes, yes. Eli said, no, that wasn't me. Go back to bed. He wakens him again. Eli, Eli. No, 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 no. Go back to bed. Third time, and the Bible says that Eli perceived, he discerned. It was the Lord. Even though the man had become corrupt, he's still in that moment. It was his moment. His sons were corrupt. The priesthood was going down. He was dying, but he had raised up a true prophet in his house. And I think Eli thought, you know what? I got one more shot. The man of God has already come to me and told me I'm going to die. But I got one more shot. Samuel's still in the house, and God's awakening. Son, go back and tell him, I'm here, Lord. God gives Samuel a word and says, hey, that man that you respect him even though he's evil, go tell him it's over. And I believe Samuel was broken. He didn't go with pride. He was broken. And he went, and you know what Eli does? I kind of see Eli just sitting there going, I know. I've already been told. It's okay, son. Read it. It's It's like this man who was so corrupt all of a sudden changes. Why? Because of Samuel knew. He took time to know. He heard from God. God gave him wisdom. 
God is awakening Samuel. God is revealing deep mysteries that have not yet been revealed. Expect to have hidden things revealed to you and a strategy how to respond or to do it. And I close with this. A.W. Tozer said this. We need a baptism of clear seeing. We desperately need seers who can see through the mist. Christian leaders with prophetic vision. Unless they come soon, it will be too late for this generation. And if they do come, we will no doubt crucify a few of them in the name of our worldly orthodoxy. A.W. Tozier. We're not talking about some flake. We're talking about a man of God who was a theologian. Said we need seers. We need somebody who will stand up with a prophetic gift and see through the mist, no matter if the gift is condemned or not that will see through the mist and undoubtedly because we have become this business model American church, we will surely crucify most of them. See, we think apostles and prophets are all about jumping on jets and it's about making a bunch of money and going and, and preaching and doing all this stuff, but apostles die every day for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Prophets are murdered every day day for the gospel of Jesus Christ and they are not celebrated, they're looked at as the scum of the earth. Don't think that just because you see what God is saying and you hear what God is saying and you do what God is saying to do that people are just going to flock to you and tell you how awesome it is. But I can promise you this. If you are obedient to deliver what God gives you and shows you, there are treasures that are laid up for you. <laughs> it cannot be tainted by man's fingerprints. <laughs> it can't be burned up. And you know what? We get a glimpse of it. We, we get this filling, infilling of the Holy Spirit, and He gives us gifts, and this fruit gloriously comes out of our lives. But it doesn't even touch what's to come, the gifts that are to come the fruit that is to come. Stop thinking about what he's empowering you to do and pray, Holy Spirit, give me power to know. I want to see some stuff. If nobody else will, show me. For years and years, I used to I used to fight with the Lord about the gift that I have. And again, I'm not backward and I'm not prideful. I know what God has gifted me to do now. I know the gift he's given me. For years, I kicked against it because it, it didn't look pleasing. <laughs> it didn't look like a gift that 10,000 people would show up in Africa at a crusade and billboards with a face on it. It looked more like a watchman who was standing on a wall all by himself saying, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Repent! And for a lot of years, I was like, man, God, I'm not sure I want to be that guy. But I'm not that guy anymore. If you have sin in your life, repent. Guess what? That's not a bad word. That's an awesome word. 
I just gave you a word that will lead to your freedom, <laughs> not your bondage. If I sit here and tell you how awesome you are and how great you are, I'm a liar. I'm sure you're a great person, but we are all fallen humanity. He is the awesome one. He is the great one. He is the first. There is no other but him. No one can touch his glory, and if you do, you're gone. <laughs> no, sir. I'm not touching it. I'm not one of those that give an altar call for 20 minutes calling out 5,000 sins of what everybody's done. Phil, I do know that it seems like every time I get around you, the Lord just gives me something for you. And I really believe this seeing is for you. I mean, it's for all of us. But there's a reason. I know you could have been probably laying in the bed tonight because you've had a crazy schedule. But I believe you're here for a reason. And I believe that seeing is about you. I believe God's awakening some Samuels in destiny that don't even know anything about it yet. And he's awakened. You've been praying that. Even in the secret place, some things you haven't even shared with your team that you've been praying for to awaken the Samuels. Maybe it's not the same terminology, but it's awakening the Samuels. It's awakening the Samuels in corrupt households, in corrupt houses of God that are being raised by Eli. And you're going, Lord Jesus, I'm not Eli. I just want to get them out of there. Lord, I don't care about denominationalism or anything like that. I don't want to hurt anybody. But Lord, there are Samuels in Eli's house. And Lord, I... I know you've given me an anointing to rescue them. That's why you're here tonight. <laughs> now, if that doesn't bear witness, just talk to me afterwards. Delete it. Control all. Delete. Blue screen it. Whatever you need to do with it. Look, I'm not backward about that either. Stuff filters through humanity. Sometimes it gets messed up. So if the Lord speaks something through you, through somebody that prays for you, don't depend on the person. Depend on the Holy Spirit. I always tell people when they write their notes, when they write their notes when I'm preaching, don't write what I'm saying. Write what God's saying to you through what I'm saying. Because you have your anointing. You can't have mine. He's got an anointing for you. So I know there's some seers in the house, and I'm not saying that as a, a tag word because it's a cool word that everybody's saying now. But you're a seer. You see things. And maybe that's been shut off. And you're like, God, there's some things in my life i got to get rid of so I can see again. I need to see clearly. And God, I know you're trying to show me some things, but I can't see it because of what's in me. And I want to get rid of that. Some of you, you were dreamers, and the dreams have dried up. You stop writing it down because you're just weary, and you're like, God, I prayed over this a million times. Let me tell you something. Go again. That's my word for you tonight. Go again. Well, Lord, I've gone six times. Go seven. <laughs> Lord, I've gone down to the altar a hundred times. Go 101. Go again. Read the word. The word is full of go again. Open that bottle of Dr. Pepper and it says, sorry, try again. <laughs> I want to give up, Lord. No, sorry, try again. Go again. Some of you need to go again. All right? You guys ready? No head bowed, no eyes closed. Everybody looking at me. You ain't got nothing to be ashamed of in this house. You got sin in your life. There's nothing to be ashamed about. You confess that. You repent. You give it to the Lord. And you walk out of here unashamed. 
you walk out of here with a knowing that, you know what, I'm not some orphan somewhere. I can cry out, Abba, Father, because I'm a son, I'm a daughter of the Most High God. Hmm. And some of you are just like, man, I don't even know what the Lord's saying to me, but I just, I want somebody to pray for me. I'm not going to ask you all to stand either. If you need to be down on this altar, come down now. Come, right now. We're not going to have five hours of calling you out. If you need to come, 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 come. You need prayer or any of these things. You need to see some things. You want God to speak to you in a powerful way tonight. You're seeing the Holy Spirit, Him, differently tonight. That it's not just about the doing, but it's about the knowing. It's about the knowing. Mama, I want you to come down to the altar. I want to pray for you.